Well, thank you all very much for this kind Iowa welcome. It's great to, it's great to be here. I can tell you that uh, this is a great crowd. With crowds like this, this, this is happening all over America right now. I've been on the road for a week. Uh, I've been in Texas, New Mexico, helping to recruit candidates so that we can have a night like Iowa had last time where we got three Republicans elected in this state, three out of four. So thank you for sending them. So we really have a chance to win because of what's happening in this room. But I'm going to walk through just a couple items that I think are critically important, and then Dr. Reed's going to come up, and we're going to have a little Q&A. Uh, but first, I want to say that my first trip to Iowa was actually in 2003, because when I was first elected in 2002, uh, this guy who I don't know from Iowa uh, comes up to me. We were doing the, the new member orientation, uh, and it was Tom Latham. And Tom Latham says, you know, I'm from Iowa, I'm an ag guy, I understand you're an ag guy, we were both in, both in AGR, uh, and he really mentored me, he became my closest friend in Washington uh, for many, many years, and my first trip out here was in 2003 to speak at what was, I think, then called the, the, the Latham Picnic or something, I think some of you went there because I know I talked to a few of you earlier that had been there. Uh, and it was funny when uh, Latham uh, introduce me uh, at his event. He says, you don't have to worry. He's the only guy that's in Iowa right now that's not running for president, but only because he's not old enough yet. <laughs> I don't know if Tom, if you remember that, Tom, but Tom, thank you very much. And if we could give Tom uh, a round of applause again. Uh, great, great man. Great family. Thank you, Tom. So, Went back, I was you know, in Iowa, came here a couple other times with Tom, and then out in California, you know, I come from the San Joaquin Valley, uh, the left-wingers call it drive-through country. Uh, they say it stinks and it's a bunch of dumb farmers and you know, that, you know, what are they doing out there? Uh, but it is what I call the breadbasket of the solar system. We grow 300 different crops, uh, almost any crop you've ever heard of, uh, but we're being punished in California. Uh, and we have about three million acres in my general region. And over the course of the next 10 years, this is a battle that I've been fighting for many, many years. Uh, but we're going to have to idle about a third of those acres. And you will see, they'll blame it on global warming. Uh, but what they won't tell you is, is that they're just letting the water in wet years go out to the ocean. So then when there's a drought, they say, oh, global warming's back. You know, and we're going to have to, and so slowly we're going to have to take this land out. Well, my brother, uh, back about 15 years ago, um, so I come from a, a dairy farm, and we grew grapes, and, and but, but several other crops, but my brother uh, comes to me and says, uh, I think I'm out of here. And I said, what are you talking about? He says, I'm, says, I'm gonna go somewhere where they actually like farmers. So, he moved to Northwest Iowa, actually. <laughs> and then, and then my, my mom and dad would come out, and uh, they decided, hey, they actually like farmers out there. So my mom and dad actually live out here also in Northwest <laughs> Iowa. So, uh, but it's been great. So I get here, you know, usually once a year. Uh, and so my family's been here for three generations, came from little islands called the Azor Islands, Portuguese islands. 
Uh, and oh, we have one Portuguese person in the background. The only other Portuguese person in Iowa came tonight, other than my family. <laughs> the, uh, so the first two children, uh, my youngest uh, nieces, uh, were actually the first uh, of the Nunes family actually born here in Iowa and uh, go to school up there. And my, actually, my oldest niece, who was born in California, it's her 16th birthday tonight. And uh, so, so they're having a party for her tonight. Not going to be there, but happy birthday, Madison. Hopefully they're watching. We're actually broadcasting this live on Rumble also right now. So we have several hundred people watching from around the country because I'm broadcasting this on my, on my Rumble channel. And that's kind of what I want to. And that's what I want to bring to you tonight because I know there's, there's a lot of folks that, are, that are, we're talking about all the problems that are being created in Washington. And believe me, there, there are a bunch. And we have went through uh, some of the worst times in the last five years. Uh, and I have to say that, that this country's ever seen, and it's getting worse because we now have these neo-Marxists uh, that are now running the government. Uh, but I have to say, uh, I'm also very fond of Iowa because back about five years ago, uh, in 2017, uh, when the Russia hoax was just beginning and Donald Trump uh, was put under investigation, we discovered that the FBI had, had weaponized the intelligence agencies, something I you know, never thought would ever happen. Uh, but the first major figure uh, to come and meet with me was your Senator Chuck Grassley. And, and there's a reason why he's considered, and I learned uh, over all the years, for being a transparent guy who roots out corruption. He had the very best people working with him. And I can tell you, if it wasn't for what Senator Grassley did and his team did, we would have never got to the bottom of the entire Russia hoax. That's how important the work that him and his team did. So I just want to make sure that, that I mention that tonight. So there's so many bad things that are, that are happening out there. And it's so bad that, that I actually just had to take some notes because I like to just speak extemporaneously. But I, I wrote down some notes because this just happened yesterday, OK, speaking of bad things. So, Biden went to the beach, which I wish he would just stay there. I wish he just would have stayed in the basement. We would have, would have been all a lot better off. Just yesterday, though, the Pentagon admitted they killed seven kids in a drone strike after they had bragged about what a great strike it was. The French recalled their ambassador from the United States. The FDA blew up the bonus buys of the vaccines, the Biden vaccines uh, bonus plan that he was doing. And we have 12,000 Haitian immigrants at the border. That was yesterday. That was just yesterday. That's why I had to write it down. Now, we can go on and talk about a lot. You heard the, the members of Congress uh, talking a lot about what's happened. But, but I'm going to tell you what we're going to have to really do, why it's going to be so critical for us to win back the majority in 2022, to get the gavels back so we can begin real investigations. But it's not going to be as easy as, as people may think. Uh, and here's why. So we all know we're gonna, we have great candidates. We have more candidates now than we've ever had. We have more money now than we've ever had. I remember back in 2010, and Tom Lathan will, will remember this, uh, you know, we couldn't, you know, we had some decent candidates, but we didn't have any money. We had Obama was in the White House. Democrats controlled the Senate. Democrats controlled the House. And yet we were able, we were able to win. We were able to win back the majority. 
but things, things have changed. So at that time, we had the, the really the, it was when social media was first starting. And if you really take to 2016, the reason that Donald Trump was able to win was because of social media, specifically Facebook. Now, some of you out there, and I know the fake news people that are watching, they'll say, oh, it was the Russians buying ads on Facebook. No, it wasn't. It was people all around the country who were not being censored. Donald Trump was going to every corner of America and on Facebook Live. And so he'd have five, 10, 15,000 people show up, and then he'd have 100,000 people watching live on Facebook. It was an amazing phenomenon. And that's what happens. We win on our ideas when we're not censored. And what happened right after the 2016 election? Remember the term fake news? Probably a lot of you think that that was a term that was coined by President Trump. It wasn't. The two most prominent figures to first use the term fake news was right after the November election when Donald Trump won was none other than Mark Zuckerberg and Barack Obama. And they said that it was fake news going on Facebook and other social media platforms. That's why Donald Trump won. And at that point, not only did they, had they weaponized the intelligence community and you had the FBI investigating Republicans and Trump, you also, that's when the social media companies really went into the censorship business. And they went all the way through to the election and culminating with the Hunter Biden laptop from hell that got completely censored. So you had millions of Americans who had no idea that that happened. And if that wasn't embarrassing enough, you had, I don't know, a hundred former CIA, FBI, military people who said, oh, it's Russian disinformation, clear Russian disinformation. It's really scary that, 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 that they would do that, right? And I think that's where, between the ballots that were mailed out everywhere, taking the California, crazy California system, taking it to national, and then the censorship. And so when I talk about that, we all know that the colleges, the universities, we have all sorts of problems there. And that's why it's so great to see all the young, young Republicans here in Iowa, by the way. We met with them. Great group. Congratulations for what you're doing. But I used to say 90% is actually 95% now of the content. So the content that's developed by the fake news every single day is not only left-wing, but it's propaganda and narratives that are being pushed out by the neo-Marxist party, the Democrats, that are promoting the party and with their fake narratives. And now that, I'm okay actually with 5%. Because, you know, it's, it's a lot easier when you just tell the truth and the other side's so corrupt. So I'll, I'll take my 5% any day of the week. We have the best podcasters. We have some of the best report, investigative reporters, whether, you know, you're going to Breitbart or The Federalist or American Greatness. We have the best thinkers. And, you know, on their side, they're basically propagandists who are basically writing Hollywood movie scripts, right? And that's basically what it is. I'll take our people all day long. But I'll tell you what we cannot compete with, and this is, gets to the, the point that I want to make tonight. When that gets filtered through all your, you know, you guys all have your devices, right? You got your computers at home, your iPads, your phones, right? Here's, you got mine right here. You get 
this takes it where they're poisoning American because it completely eliminates that 5% of the investigative journalism that conservatives do and the podcasters and everybody else. So now, when you look at that independent voter, the person who, they just want to live their lives, right? They want to go to the Iowa football game or Iowa State football game, right? They just want to live their life. They don't want to come to events like this, but they're being poisoned on a daily basis, right? I mean, that's why you still have in this country, the last polls I've seen, that you, know, you still have half of America that thinks that Donald Trump had something to do with Russia, when in fact it was the Bidens who had something to do with Russia and China and Ukraine and others. So that's what worries me. So can we do anything about it? The answer is yes. So there's, there's good news. There's actually great news. And that is that there's this company called Rumble that we're broadcasting on right now. So about a year, a little over a year ago, uh, I went to, I found this, you know, this Toronto company because I was, I was noticing, I was putting my videos up on YouTube and instead of going up in views, you know, each week, I would actually go down. Like it was almost like negative views on, on my, on my videos. And you would put my name in there and you couldn't find it. You know, couldn't find my videos. You'd find lots of fake news on me and, and really nasty things. So don't ever use Google and Google my name and never go to YouTube and, and look up my name. <laughs> go to Rumble. But I call, I, it was, it's kind of a funny story because I, I, I called the guy. And this has been a successful company, 2014 time frame, just a video platform. And I said, um, hey, if I uh, just... If I just uh, put my name into your, to your platform, will my videos come up? And I think the guy thought I was, you know, kind of wacko or something, right? Because he's like, well, of course. I said, well, it doesn't happen on YouTube. He's like, you're kidding me. So, you know, about a four-year time frame, I had 10,000 followers on YouTube. I don't know what's good or bad or, or, or what have you, but it seemed like it was nice. I had 10,000 followers. In three weeks, once I went to Rumble, in three weeks... I had 30,000 followers. In three months, in three months, I had 350,000 followers. And now today, with my two channels, I have over 800,000, and that was a year ago. So, you know, I may just be a farmer from California, but I think I'm smart enough to figure out that maybe there's a little bit of censorship going on over at Google and YouTube, right? And that's why you see every conservative now is on Rumble in this country because they know they're not going to be censored. Everybody from Dan Bongino to Ben Shapiro to Mark Levin all using Rumble. And that is a critical component for us because we have to have video. Video takes major data centers, lots of bandwidth. So it's a critical component for us to, to have. And the good thing about Rumble is, is Rumble was smart enough to know not to rely on the tech tyrants of Google and Facebook and Amazon and all of that. So they, all of their architecture is built from scratch. So they basically can't be shut down. Now, what else do we need? What else do we need to be able to communicate? We need a platform that is similar, that takes the place of the Twitter sewer, Instagram, Facebook, right? And we actually had one. And there was 20 million Americans nearly on that platform. It was called Parler. And it got nuked from the face of the planet by Bezos and Amazon. Now, do you think that was really because, you know, they were responsible for January 6th insurrection? 
No, it wasn't. It was because they were a real competitor to them and their crazy ideas. But unfortunately, Parler was built on a backbone that, that wasn't sustainable. But now the good news is Parler has rebuilt that backbone. They're up and running. And so we're going to have to get either Parler or other social media sites. We're going, it's so important that over the course of the next year, and it can be done, it can be done. As remember, uh, look at what I just talked to you about Rumble. Look at what happened to Parler in like a six or seven month time frame went from 500,000 users to nearly 20 million users. So that is critical for conservatives and Republicans in this country if we're going to be successful and fire Pelosi next November. So I want to make sure that I'm delivering that message all over the country to audiences just like this. And I just want to say it is such uh, an honor. I want to get to Dr. Reed's questions, but uh, it is such an honor and a privilege to be welcomed here uh, once again. And remember, please be nice to my family in Northwest Iowa. But thank you all very much, and I'll, and I'll take Dr. Reed's questions. Grateful are we to have Devin Nunez in Congress fighting our battles for us, huh? Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's very timely that you're here, Congressman, because as you know, on Thursday, uh, uh, Special Prosecutor John Durham indicted a Clinton campaign lawyer in the Russia hoax. Um, talk a little bit about that indictment. Does it give you hope for the future? And what are we to read into the some of the news reports that he did this because the statute of limitations was about to, to lapse, and is that a danger in the larger inquiry? Well, it's, it's a good question. So number one, uh, it's a second prosecution, thank God, uh, that we've had. There's, a, there's many, many more. We've made 14 criminal referrals that involve dozens of people. Uh, this one is, is pretty interesting, and I'll say, and I've been saying this, I've been one of the few uh, that have had faith in, in the Durham investigation. And it's for the reason that, uh, uh, that, that most of you probably don't think of, but it's something that I've noticed that is, that is peculiar. Unlike the phony Mueller investigation, you haven't heard any leaks from the Durham investigation. No leaks. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's promising. Because you know, we, we know a lot of the, you know, we know who all the witnesses are, right? We've interviewed them. Um, obviously, we have lots of whistleblowers that have come to us over the years. So, so we know who those folks are. I think what's, this was someone that was uh, Sussman, you know, who was the, basically the, the, the traffic cop for all the fake news narratives that they were pushing out across the, across the land and to the media. And as I was talking about just a few minutes ago, this indictment is worth reading. It's 27 pages, yeah. and it essentially spells out exactly how they use the media as their propaganda machine right. to destroy people. It's, I mean, it's, it's brilliantly written. So what I really believe with, with Sussman is, is that, um, you know, about this timing issue, I'm not, conspiracy does not have a, a, a time limit, so they can bring conspiracy charge at, at any time. And, uh, and that's really what this was, right? I mean, people conspired to, to take out people, basically, both politically uh, and also get them in trouble, as you know. 
So I'm very optimistic uh, about it, uh, and I will say that uh, the one thing we, you know, we know he, this guy's going to hide under privilege because privilege, he's a lawyer, but now the question is, it gets to the very top of the Clinton campaign. And we've seen this throughout history with the Clintons. Those guys usually disappear <laughs> from the planet. I'd probably watch my back if I were him. And, you know, you, you, you talked about the importance of reading the indictment. Um, one of the persons who was pushing this same narrative about the Russian Alpha Bank and an alleged connection with the Trump Organization was a senior Clinton campaign official by the name of Jake Sullivan, who is currently Joe Biden's national security advisor and is partially uh, responsible for the debacle that just unfolded in Afghanistan. And you, you say you're optimistic, but when you think about the injustice that was done to President Trump, mm -hmm. tens of millions of dollars, an impeachment, uh, his entire White House having to focus on defend these defending these phony charges, that he was literally an asset of a hostile foreign power. And congressmen, from the standpoint of a lot of people out here in the heartland and all over the country, mm -hmm. where is the accountability? Not for some lawyer who was billing by the hour, mm -hmm. but for senior officials at the FBI, for senior officials in the Clinton campaign. What do, what do you think? I know you can't predict, but... Well, look, those are, that really takes a long time to do these investigations, right? You have to build evidence. Look how long it took for us to, to put, to build, you know, to do all of our investigation and get it out there. Uh, and look, we're in a very dark time in this country. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. We've got a complete corrupt media who was completely in on it. Uh, we have, a, I mean, they corrupted the Justice Department, for God's sake, the FBI. I mean, these are major institutions. I mean, I think all of us know as conservatives that you expect government bureaucracies to be basically bureaucracies, slow and, you know, but you don't expect them to be corrupt. But we saw at the IRS, right? Right. With going after targeting conservatives under Obama. And so I think what happened here is, is that people at the highest levels of DOJ and the FBI and all the swamp in Washington, the Obama people were very careful to put in really nasty people in those most important positions. Mm -hmm. And what you brought up is an interesting point about how all of these people who pushed the Russia hoax ended up in high level positions in the Biden administration. And, and what I'd like to say is, I was gonna say this up here, but I'll, I'll say it now. What, what happens, uh, you know, in the, in the United States of America, you can control the media, you can censor social media. It's, you know, these are tactics of, of Marxists. It's very, very dangerous. And you can create a bubble for yourself. And really, they live in a bubble. There's no accountability for them, right? Whether it's the FBI guys or whether it's the you know, AOC with her dress, you know, tax the rich. I mean, you know, there's just zero accountability. But here's the problem. When you get outside of your own bubble that you've created, People die. People die. And Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, is responsible for the 13 service, military service members that we honor tonight. So 
And that's ultimately these neo-Marxists, and I call them neo-Marxists because they actually do things that don't work, right? Like, like you mentioned, at least with the Chinese communists, you know, they're actually smart. They try to do things that, are, that actually work. Like you go to do business in China, and they say, great, you give half of your business to the Communist Party, and we run it, and we put people on the board, right? But these guys are doing things, they're, they're worshiping cults. Whether it's, you know, like I was talking about earlier, you know, global warming gods, you know, you're sitting there, you got water going out to the ocean in California, and you're, oh, global warming. And if, you, if that doesn't work, what's the other cult they worship? They, you know, then they move on to everybody's a white supremacist, right? I mean, these are things that are not going to work in this country, and ultimately that's what's going, you know, that's what's going, I think, to bring us back uh, because we have states that are, that are well run, like Iowa. Congratulations to, to all your team here and the great work you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and other red states are showing the way where these blue states continue to collapse. And that's ultimately is what's gonna turn this around. Um, is there any Bring hope? Bring accountability. Is there any hope for California? <laughs> <laughs> what do we do, Congressman? That's uh, oh, no, a, a great question. Um, look, the fake news will tell you that, that last week was, you know, was a, a huge victory for the Democrats. Well, what they're not telling you is, is, that, is that this percentage is going to continue to go down because we still have ballots, you know, millions of ballots to count, right? So they went with the first number because, of course, now Republicans don't want to turn their ballots in ahead of time. They don't trust the mail, right? So they, so they turn them in at the end. So this percentage will go down. The other thing they won't tell you is, is that Larry Elder... You know, I don't know, he may, he may have had $5 million or something like that. They had to spend, if you take all their dark money and all their garbage, they had to spend almost $250 million to defend a guy where there's only 25% of the state are Republican. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't be running around calling that a victory because in the meantime, you ran on the fact that you called a black man, Republican, a white, this face of white supremacy, and then you said that he was a Trump person and that we're all anti-vax and all this crazy stuff. And meanwhile, we have half the nation's homelessness. We have, I mean, they're like zombies walking around everywhere for any of you who have been to California lately. Yeah, incredible. They, the politicians are complete hypocrites. Newsom's kids went to school while my kids didn't, right? Newsom goes to fancy restaurants when all of my restaurants were closed. He's eating inside without a mask when my restaurants are closed in my district. Uh, you had Pelosi telling people to, you know, dance around Chinatown at the beginning of the pandemic. And meanwhile, she's getting her hair done without a, without a mask. The whole damn state's on fire, if you guys haven't seen that. Um, I mean, we're going to manage to burn down, you know, more trees than we would have harvested in, in 250 years. Uh, and then, I already mentioned, we're running out of water. So, at the end of the other day, other than that, everything's going other, great. Other than that, and we got a governor that that, <laughs> that took two hundred fifty million dollars against the guy who we called the white supremacist who had no money. So, look, the problem we have is people like my brother and my family are moving out of state. We're losing a lot of conservatives, yeah. and that's that's really that's really doing a, a lot of damage. But you know, eventually, you know the the cows come home, right? Yeah. And there's, a, and there's a little problem, and that's going to be the problem in California. And people are voting with their feet. Mm -hmm. um, you alluded a minute ago to Lois Lerner and the IRS scandal and the so-called BOLO list, the be on the lookout list. Mm -hmm. There were pro-life 
uh, pro-Israel and Tea Party organizations, including, by the way, some of our state organizations whose approval was held up um, as part of an abuse of power at the Obama era IRS. Mm -hmm. Tell me if I'm wrong, but should I be concerned about Joe Biden asking for $80 billion more for the IRS in his reconciliation bill? So how, so, how concerned should we be and can we stop it? So you know the answer, you, you know the answer, absolutely you should be concerned and everything they're doing in this bill is to, you should be concerned about. This is the biggest advancement of socialism in the history of the United States. It's not just the three and a half trillion dollars that your members of Congress were talking about earlier. It's actually the policy provisions and things like this that they're going to put that they're going to put on there. So uh, we've got to do. They don't have. They as of right now, they don't have the votes uh, in the Senate. They can't lose. They can't lose one. They can't lose one. So we have an opportunity to stop this, and it's critical. But the one thing we know. I think, you know, living through the IRS scandal, living through the Benghazi scandal, living through the Russia hoax, living through the phony impeachment, uh, living through the phony, you know, insurrection, January 6th, is that Republicans uh, know who the bad guys are now. And so, and we have to, that's why it's so critical. Because remember what happened, when I controlled the gavel at the Intelligence Committee, there was no BS, and we got to the bottom of things. It took yeah. us time, but we got to the bottom of things. What happened when the, when the leftists took it over, you ended up with screwballs running it, right? And we ended up impeaching, moving right away to impeach a president for something that Joe Biden did. So, so that's why it's so important, because they're going to, there's nothing that they won't stop at, because remember, they're a Marxist party, Soviet-style Politburo. You do things for the party, you end up with a promotion, right? So all the bad people are in the White House. All the bad people are at these institutions. The only lever of power we have is to get those gavels back and to be and have that subpoena power and to run real investigations. And I think that's one thing that we have proven uh, over the years. It's hard work, it's frustrating, but Republicans do know how to investigate now. And that's a critical component. Well, no. co Congressman, um, there is no one who has fought as hard as you have at greater personal cost than you have in standing up for the right things, in conducting these investigations. They've made you a target. They've come into your district and spent millions and millions of dollars. And I just want you to know that not only on behalf of all these great people in Iowa, but tens of millions of others all over America. We're grateful for your leadership. We've got your back. And we're not going to rest until you have that gavel again. And we're once again calling this man Mr. Chairman. Ladies and gentlemen, Devin Nunez. Thank you all very much. Thank you for the great warm welcome.